Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Not Safe for Work Photography Podcast. There are thousands of models and photographers creating adult content using modern platforms and taking control of their own creative lives. Today, we're talking about erotic photography with Lee Von Lux. Lee is a glamour, boudoir, fitness, nude art, erotic, and fetish model for the last 13 years. She started coaching up and coming photographers and models on communication and safety in the industry and currently travels for shoots around the country. Her home base is both Atlanta and New York. How are you doing today, Lee? I'm very good. Thank you. I've been uh, traveling a bunch this week and keeping busy. I can't complain. That is always what I am so jealous about. We have conversations with models that are going to wonderful places. And then there's the models going to like Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Pennsylvania is always on the list. You know, I don't think people would think it was a photography hub, but it has become one. Apparently, apparently. (laughs) So we're having this conversation because I'm heading to Mega Glam in November. This podcast should be out on or about November 1st. So if you're going to Mega Glam, this uh, hopefully will be useful to you. They had a meet and greet with the models. And when Lee was introducing herself, she said that she loved working with photographers who had never shot erotic before. And I thought that sounded like the perfect invitation to get her onto the show to discuss getting started in erotic photography. Let's get started with some questions about you before we go off into the subject. Uh, You said how long you've been modeling. Uh, You said that in the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have been modeling 13 years. It's been a long time. (laughs) That is is quite a while. How did you get into it? So I actually started modeling as a baby, funnily enough. My mom was a model. My dad was a photographer. And uh, I grew up in sort of this entertainment family. And... I was modeling young, and then uh, when I was 18, I got into go-go dancing, and I was always on club flyers by the time I was 20, 21, and people kept saying that I should take modeling seriously again and get into more, you know, adult work, like uh, some, some fitness stuff, some bikini stuff, and I was really comfortable taking my clothes off in front of the camera. You know, I would get hired to do, like, an art nude shoot. And I was just such an exhibitionist. I realized I was so comfortable with it that I got more into nude. (laughs) And then from nude, I ended up getting very comfortable with erotic. And then, you know, it's like, it just flashes by and now it's 13 years of nude, nude work. (laughs) So that's interesting. I actually have a running theory that all models are either exhibitionists or they're people that just don't care about clothing (laughs) like it's just not something that really bothers them at all yeah yeah I would say those theories are pretty accurate I would say my model friends are pretty much exhibitionist and I have met some models that are like just indifferent you know clothes or no clothes Mm. it just doesn't matter those are valid Uh, I'm glad that the 13 years was not since a baby I was a little bit worried (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know when I say modeling since I was a baby, people are like, what kind of modeling? I'm like, baby modeling. <laughs> I was on the cover of American Baby magazine when I was six months old. How funny is that? <laughs> That's actually, that could actually lead to some terrible. They're like, I've loved your modeling for 30 years. And you're like, yeah. no, no, you no, no, no. You've only seen me for 13. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> But you mentioned you're very comfortable with uh, nude and the erotic work, but what was kind of the genesis around that? Did a specific photographer just ask you? Did you decide on your own that you wanted to jump into it? Photographers were asking me what my limitations are with nude. 
And, mm. you know, I just didn't understand that question very much. And I didn't understand erotic very much. And, you know, I just assumed, well, like Playboy, I guess, you know, and then everyone had a different interpretation of erotic. And I just decided that I was so comfortable nude that it didn't make a difference to me if my legs were opened or closed, you know. And for some models, you know, they feel very differently about that. But it, it just didn't bother me. Also, uh, growing up in New York and seeing all these billboards of Calvin Klein male mm. models, hmm. like man spreading across, you know, Broadway <laughs> and their whole package, whether real or not, being so visible. And just thinking, like, why can't I take photos like that? And why can't that be respected and deciding that it should be and that I shouldn't be shy about showing my vagina? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of those questions leads directly into the next question. But I actually do want to take a quick side. You mentioned photographers asking about your limits. Uh, that's been kind of a common thing that comes up here because a lot of people are super shy about the types of photography they want to do. And they tend to speak in like coded words, like you mentioned Playboy. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about, there's another question about that, like two questions down. But when you work with photographers, do you find that they're typically very explicit about the type of work they want to do? Or do they go about it more of like an exploratory way? Like, are you comfortable spreading your legs? And you're like, do you want me to spread your legs? And you're like, well, if you want to. <laughs> it really does vary. And I noticed the more professional um, erotic photographers will be very blunt because they mm. know that that's the best way to get a clear answer from a model. And even when I now coach photographers and mentor models on the language you should be using, I tell them to be as forward as possible without being rude, you know, because the more you explain what you are or are not willing to do and what a photographer wants or doesn't want, the more clarity you have in the photo shoot. And then there's no awkwardness. There's no someone did or said the wrong thing. It's just so much better if you're really forward about what the limitations are. As for the second part, which you're directly leading into, my first question about erotic photography is what is erotic photography? Because it mm -hmm. seems like it's such a simple question, but a lot of times when a model yeah. puts it on their model mayhem profile, they'll do things like I do erotic work, but I don't do nude work. Or they'll say I do erotic work, but they have nothing in their port that seems to be erotic. So mm -hmm. I don't know that photographers and models are using the word in the same way. Yeah, there's a spectrum. And I tell people they have to describe what erotic is. If you tell someone, I do erotic nudes, or I do all genres up to erotic, which is usually what I say, I also include a little blurb of what erotic is for me when, when that photographer contacts me. Erotic for me is open legs, spreads, which means my hand is actually spreading my lips open. And even suggest suggestive photos that may look like I'm masturbating, even though I'm not, or if I'm working with another model, um, I will discuss with her uh, what erotic kind of work we would do together. Is she comfortable with me kissing her? Is she comfortable with me uh, between her legs, spreading different things like that? That to me is erotic. It, it's mm -hmm. like insinuating porn. It really is close to porn. Um, Erotic not being nude. I mean, I guess there is kind of 
uh, an art form to non-nude erotic. I, I expect when someone's booking me being an established nude model, I'm expecting that if they want erotic, <laughs> they're most likely asking me to be nude for it. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, so that's something I have talked about in the past a little bit with, uh, I think, Belladonna and Buck Remington. Uh, we've talked about in the past how one of them, I can't remember which one, has a very erotic shot of a girl like sucking on her finger. And I'm curious if you mm-hmm. think that most non-nude okay. models, even if they don't say erotic, would they consider that to be beyond their boundaries? Is okay, that- that's a good mm-hmm. one because oh. I, I would not say it's beyond my boundaries at all, but I could understand why that 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 genre exists of a non-nude erotic because I have been taken down from Instagram for posting just a photo of a professionally beautifully lit photo of my lips with a lollipop and drool hanging from the lollipop to my lip, you know? And it was just a beautiful shot, which is why I posted it, but it was definitely sexual in nature. So I guess you're right. That is a non-nude erotic shot. Yeah, well, I'm more curious, do you think, that most models, how would they consider that if they were a non-nude model and they had non-erotic on there? Like, how would they react to being asked that? And I know I'm asking you to mm. do the impossible. I know I kind of have to kind of generalize. I don't. I feel like the most of the nude models I know would be fine with it, mm. um, unless they have the kind of job that. Uh, you know, daytime job that could potentially be at risk for something of that nature, they might say something like no saliva or no, I'm not comfortable with doing anything that involves saliva or yeah. insinuating a blowjob. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You know, cause I would say that if they're not an erotic model, maybe they don't want a photo of like a banana down their throat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> I've heard people classify erotic work as playboy or hustler or penthouse. And I'm sure that this is because most photographers are my age or a bit older. So there's like a certain generational thing mm-hmm. of like what was big in the eighties and nineties. Correct. Correct. But is this even a good way to classify? It's not good enough anymore. It's, it's a very general, like playboy is such a broad thing to me that says like glamor boudoir, you know, and, and if someone wants me actually spreading my lips or doing a POV shot that's up close and maybe not so glam, then that's not really Playboy. I think people should just be more specific. Like the more specific, the better, I think. And I always say putting it in an email, putting it in writing is makes it safe for everyone. And it also makes it less awkward. You know, if we're planning, if you and I are planning a shoot and you're like, Hey, are you comfortable doing this, 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 and that? It's so much easier for you to write it than actually say those things if you're not comfortable yet. And -hmm. it's very easy for me to just say, yeah, I'm comfortable with this and that. I had a photographer list, maybe like, God, there had to be over 50 things that he was asking if I was comfortable shooting. And it started off with like topless. And then it went all the way down to like, butt plugs and like you know stuff like that and he's like let me know what number you're comfortable up to and I thought that was kind of brilliant you know so he just sends that to every model and every model can go I'm comfortable up to number 15 or 35 or you know and I was like just really impressed by that actually (laughs) 
So weirdly enough, that's come up a lot lately. Uh, originally talking with Ziva Fay, she does a lot of fetish modeling. She was she introduced the concept of a consent checklist, and then when I talked mm. to, I've been talking to too many people. <laughs> consent checklist, I like that name yeah, for it for fetish. Yeah, and then I talked to Gerald Saunders out in Vegas, and he has something like that that he presents every model, even if the shoot doesn't necessarily involve all those things. He asks every right. model to check. Would you do this? Would you do that? Yeah. And then that way, even if they're not shooting it that day, he knows for the future, like, all right, they're comfortable with this. And maybe we should do this other shoot. So I actually have one of those checklists myself, but I haven't used it yet because I just got back from Vegas the other month and haven't shot yet. Okay. Yeah, but that's great. I think it's brilliant. These consent checklists. I think if that's becoming more popular, that's really like such a great safety tool for everyone. And I know in fetish, Ironically, it's fetish is maybe the environment I was always the most comfortable in because fetish photographers and the fetish community has always been huge on consent. You cannot have fetish without consent. You know, fetish without consent is rape. Like you need consent. And so that community is so like, is such a force when it comes to that. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's really brilliant to have a checklist. When I think erotic photography mentally, I immediately picture kind of the typical Playboy hustler layouts, you know, like you mentioned before, glamour, boudoir, fantasy, lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the most, is that like most erotic work that you shoot or what is the most common type of work that you shoot? I would say it is most of the erotic work I do is probably very Playboy style, but um, there definitely are a good amount of photographers now that, or even other models that I work with and we create our own content for OnlyFans that really straddle the line of porn mm-hmm. and, or even turn into porn if, if, if that's agreed upon because, you know, models are able to create their own content and make their own money that way. Right. And so some more people are shooting, I guess, an extremer version of erotic lately. I know that, amateur is big on the movie side like that amateur look a lot of people seem to prefer that as a more realistic feeling are you seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of that on the still side as well not so much on the still side you know going back to like what i'm saying about OnlyFans, they definitely love amateur video but they still really love uh more professional looking photos and I think when it comes to the PG stuff that we put on Instagram, they definitely love the professional, well-done photos. Some of them do like amateur. I guess it depends, you know, as long as you're using good lighting, but then Mm. is that considered amateur? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, models are getting great at taking creative, well-lit photos, selfies, you know, on our phones. I can Mm. take a photo set on my phone and upload that whether it be Instagram, whether it be social media or OnlyFans, and and people can't tell that it's not professionally shot. And I consider it amateur because I'm doing it myself on my phone, but it comes out so good. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, Qualcomm and someone at Sony recently both said they think that cell phone cameras will overcome regular like mirrorless and uh, interchangeable lens cameras in the next three to four years. Yeah, so yeah, I can see that be, happening. That's uh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, photographers are just going to show up with their iPhone 17 and be like, all right, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I've had uh, some camera fails on photo shoots where photographers were like, 
can, do you mind if I just finish off our session with the, the phone? And I was like, no, I, I love that. Actually, they look great. You can send them to me easy. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that I don't like about the phone cameras is it's really obvious from the ratio, mm-hmm. like that long, tall ratio. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've always kind of wondered is when you saw some of those older erotic sets, uh, again, going back to kind of the Playboy model, they frequently were, there's some kind of storyline and it may be a very thin storyline, uh, but there's frequently a storyline. Do photographers tend to want to shoot kind of a storyline or photos with a story, or are they just looking for kind of like independently sexy? Like here's this naked person spreading themselves mm-hmm. in the middle of the floor for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it tends to be the latter. And I say unfortunately, <laughs> because I love me a good photo set. It doesn't have to have a story per se, but I love a photo set that flows because I come from a dance background. I have years of ballet and contemporary training and then, you know, the go-go years, but I flow through movement like a dancer. And so it's very easy to get a full photo set of me that looks almost like it's a video, you know? And so I enjoyed that, especially if I'm going from non-nude to nude, you can get a photo set of me that looks almost like a striptease. And I think that's so cool, but so many photographers just enjoy independently sexy photos, which is fine. (laughs) I'm fine with that, but I love a photo set. And I originally started off um, when I got more into nude and erotic with, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with suicidegirls.com, but I was a suicide girl for many years and they are big on photo sets Mm -hmm. and having Uh, some kind of a story, you know, maybe a girl's playing a video game and then she's taking her clothes off playing a video game, or maybe she's in a kiddie pool and now she's taking her bathing suit off in the kiddie, you know, (laughs) it's a whole thing. And so I I came from that mentality. And so I I tend to lean on that. And sometimes a photographer just almost like interrupts my flow to move to a whole different thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) And that's fine. You know, everyone has their preference, but I, I love me a good little side story. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so we talked about this a little bit before, but if a photographer is looking to send you a shoot concept, uh, you mentioned before that you prefer they be fairly explicit and very blunt about what they want to shoot. Now, which, is this verbally explicit or do you prefer sending example images or both? I like it if it's an email and they can describe to me what it is they're looking for. And also if they have photo samples, that's great. That's even better. I can get an idea of what they're going for. Um, I can also see if they're going for a more raunchy amateur look or if they're going for a more artistic, you know, black and white look. And that might also affect a model's decision. You know, it could be a model spread wide open, but shot from an angle that isn't so direct and with the right lighting might be more of a art erotic, you know, where a, a POV shot coming up from, you know, my vagina is more raunchy, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be great if they have examples. I think that's a plus for sure. Would you consider couple photography to still be erotic or where's the line before erotic and pornography? I think a couple um, shooting erotic, I think it's, it can still be erotic. I think to me, the line it becomes pornography is when there, for me, is when there's insertion of any kind. You know, I tell photographers I will do a girl-girl erotic 
shoot and we could either just look like a couple we might look like we're a lesbian couple in that photo it could be sort of romantic it could be sexy or we could look like we're doing things to each other now if a photographer wants to shoot me you know taking stills with my fingers inside of another girl i would say that's porn you know or we're wearing a strap on and inserting that's porn um, so I guess it would be insertions for me would be that line where this goes from erotic to porn. What about the line between erotic and fetish? And the reason that I'm bringing this up, it seemed to me almost that fetish would be easier to draw that distinction. But in a podcast the other day, I recently heard someone talking about how only liking a single sex act is a fetish for that act. They were talking in response to somebody uh, asking for advice about their partner only likes missionary. And they were like, well, that's a fetish for that. And I have mixed feelings about that definition. Although if you look up the definition of fetish, it does say, I don't think it uses the word unnatural, but it does talk about like a fixation on a specific body part or act. Mm -hmm. So is there, do, do you have any thoughts on the line between erotic and fetish? Um, well, fetish does not have to be erotic because, and I think, I think a lot of people do think that that fetish is erotic but fetish can be non-nude and fetish can be uh therapeutic and fetish can be so many things where like erotic to me is like you are you want to be sexually stimulated by this and by this content and you want to be um i guess se sexualized in some way you know if i'm shooting erotic content i expect to be sexualized I don't necessarily expect to be sexualized and fetish. And also I don't just, I'm not just a fetish model, but I am a fetish worker. Like I've worked fetish parties and done different types of sessions with people. And some of it really is just like therapy, you know, and I even enjoy, I have fetishes. I enjoy bondage and I enjoy it therapeutically. I have done bondage uh, erotica for photo shoots, which was fine. And I can't say that it really did anything for me, but, but I know that there are people obviously that enjoy that. And so I have no problem performing that. Uh, but yeah, I think what makes, so if I, if I just think about my fetish, let's say being tied, I think that if I'm just tied with my clothes on and tied with my legs closed, um, it becomes sort of a, a therapeutic subspace where I just find, I personally find that very relaxing and that's what's therapeutic for me. Now, if I'm doing a, an erotic fetish shoot and I'm tied up naked with my legs open, arms open or back or whatever, that's when it becomes, that's when fetish becomes erotic. You know, that's when it's erotic bondage. Yeah. That is something that I found very interesting as someone who's not uh, big into the fetish world, but I was kind of surprised to find out that a lot of people uh, a fetish scene doesn't necessarily end in penetration or mm -hmm. an orgasm at all. So that was interesting to me. Oh yeah, totally. I think, I think more of it might be therapeutic than, uh, than to get off even, you know, you mentioned that you love coaching and working with photographers, just getting into erotic work. So let's talk about that. If mm -hmm. a photographer wanted to get into erotic photography, but they have no idea what to do first, uh, how would they go about doing that? What would you recommend they do in order? So I recommend operating like a ladder. I say if you've never shot 
erotic, then have you shot nude? If you haven't shot someone nude, then you should start there. Or if you've never shot someone nude, maybe start with a lingerie shoot, then a nude shoot, work your way up to erotic. I don't think that it's ideal for someone to go from one extreme to the next, you know, because I've seen men literally break out sweating because <laughs> they were so <laughs> uncomfortable in the environment. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's, I mean, you wouldn't go from being like 21 and sober. I mean, well, actually we do. We do go from being sober and turning 21 and getting blasted, right? We do that, but we shouldn't. <laughs> you should take baby steps into this thing the way you would hope to do in other things. And I say the same to models who have never posed nude or who have never posed erotic. Have you been in front of a camera? Have you worked in a bikini? Have you tried lingerie? Then nude, then erotic, if you feel comfortable. I think you should take it step by step. And ideally for a photographer, if you know that your goal is to shoot an erotic model or a model in an erotic way, um, I think it's ideal to work with a model who does erotic and start working with that model uh, non-nude or nude and working your way up because you will get very comfortable with that specific model. So by the time she's naked and open leg and spread or whatever kind of erotic you want to shoot, you now have a repertoire with that model. You have a relationship with her. At this point, you'll be doing an erotic shoot and laughing and making jokes because you've developed that relationship through other genres. That makes sense. Uh, that doesn't help us for mega glam. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I mean, mega glam can be seen as sort of an intensive. If someone has never shot erotic or nude and they're going there with that intention, I would say if you're going to be there Friday and Saturday or even just one day, book a model for two or three hours and start off in lingerie and end up in erotic and you will feel comfortable by the end of that time. You know, if you're working with a professional nude model, she will make sure that you feel very comfortable by the time you're getting to that erotic. Uh, how should they approach that model for their first shoot? Should they tell them that they're, this is their first time and make it explicit? Like, Hey, uh, I'd like mm -hmm. to shoot erotic. I've never done it before. Absolutely. Absolutely. You just, email them or message them and say, this is my, I'm, I'm new to this. This is my first time shooting erotic. Uh, I'd like to work my way into it. Um, I'm looking for a model who can flow naturally through poses because if this is your first time shooting erotic, you do not, I say the same thing to new photographers and, and models. You don't be the blind leading the blind. Okay. You don't want to be new at shooting erotic with a model who's also new at shooting erotic. Okay. If she can, if she's a professional in her genre, you don't have to worry about her. You only have to worry about the lighting and the shot and let her do the rest. You know, that's how you hold a, a new erotic photographer's hand through the process. What type of shoot should they plan? Should it be a simple shoot, simple lighting, simple storyline, simple concept? Uh, does, does that help the photographer focus or is it better to have a more complex shoot to help them kind of take their mind off the fact that they're, this is their first erotic mm -hmm. shoot? I always recommend starting simple. Um, it's okay to involve maybe one challenging aspect. Let's say you have a specific, you know, outfit involved. Let's say you want to keep it simple, but maybe you also want to photograph your erotic model with a set of wings or something like that. Maybe a costume piece would, that would make it more intricate. Give yourself just one easier goal or challenge for that. The reason why I say to start simple is because I have had 
photographers who were either new to photography or new to nude modeling. And they come up with all these concepts and then they're so overwhelmed in the moment. And then looking at you, you know, doing erotic posing and they're so just all over the place. It's like, don't do that to yourself. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to. The, the female form is honestly so gorgeous. I, I, I happen to also love women and the female form is so gorgeous that you really don't need to complicate it, especially for your first erotic shoot. Don't overthink it. Uh, I always make that mistake, even with regular shoots. I'm like, I'm going to, we're going to do these three or four concepts. And then we get like really involved in one. And I'm like, oh, it's been an hour. It's been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah. It's easy to do that. <laughs> so how much direction should the photographer give the model and how much feedback should the photographer give the model and where this comes from is I was doing some research for the interview and I was reading an article by a erotic photographer named Jimmy D that used to shoot a lot in the nineties through the 2010s. I don't know if he's still active or not, but he was talking about just feeding. He was like, you should just feed the model constant compliments, whether they're true or not. And just a constant stream of feedback and you're doing great. And no, you're so beautiful. You're so hot. And I don't know if that, I don't know. That seems a little weird now. That may be one of those standards that's kind of changed. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, he was from a different time. Yes. It's always okay to compliment a model. You, uh, People are no longer always comfortable with the term, you are hot, you're so hot right now. That's, um, and very generation mm -hmm. dependent, you know, I'm a millennial. And so I am less offended by, <laughs> by these things, but completely understand and respect Gen Z for being more cautious with, I respect it immensely. Photographers, especially photographers that I've worked with for mm -hmm. over a decade at this point, they know my sense of humor. They know they can get away with saying a lot of shit and I will give them shit That's right fair. back. <laughs> but I don't recommend that for other people, especially shooting the, the younger models who are a little bit more um, conservative in, in their compliments and receiving compliments. Um, you should be complimentary. Uh, it lets us know that we're doing a good job. You know, so I've worked with photographers who are completely mm. silent <laughs> and I have to ask, like, is this OK? Are you getting the shots you want? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, OK, just just checking in, you know, <laughs> but I don't need um, constant feedback. I don't want you thinking about what to say to me. You know, it's if we're sh if we're shooting, if you and I are shooting, I'm probably going to have music nearby and we can kind of get into our own zone and conversation should just flow naturally. And I don't, as far as direction goes, I don't need a lot of direction. If someone says, you know, can you tilt your head this way or that way? Totally fine. But I can just kind of flow through poses. I've been over directed before where the photographer did not know that I was a professional and he started telling me and demonstrating every single pose. And I don't mind that, but I feel like I'm robbing you of your time because I could have done 50 poses in the time that he just explained 10, <laughs> you know, let me do my job. <laughs> what you say does bring to mind. I worked with a model in the last year or so where she didn't want direction and she just kind of did her thing. And it was interesting because I tend to be a little more passive as a photographer. I'm a little more on the amateur side, but I found it. Uh, she was very self-confident and very like, I'm going to do this thing. And it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but I was a little bit afraid because she was so like, here's what I'm doing. It was interesting. <laughs> I know some models like that. And and I think that, uh, and I've had photographers ask me, oh, you know, I want to work with this person. Should I work with this person? And if I know the photographer's personality <laughs> and I know the model's personality, I'm like, 
you could, but it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be tough. I know some, some models that are just like extremely dominant and they're going to do what they want, period. You know, everyone's different. What can you do? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you brought up too, that most photographers are looking for kind of that single photograph and they're looking for kind of the glamour. Cause that's 100% what she was doing was just like a string of glamour poses. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to do something a little more uh, kind of nostalgic and a little more amateur -y. So like the posing didn't exactly work with what I was trying to do, but it, I just noticed, I was like, wow, she's just like doing her thing. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah. And it, it's nice when a model can do their thing, but you, especially if you are, you are paying, you know, like you are the client, like I'm here to get the shot that you want. And so I want you to let me know what that is. Guide me. If I'm steering off, bring me back in. And there should be, there should be no resistance on that from the model, you know? Yeah. No. And this, this should not be construed as a comment on her. Like I, like I said, I was being passive. I was not giving her sure, the direction sure. that she wanted. She was just doing her thing without feedback. So I, I just mm -hmm. noticed, I just happened to notice it at the time. I was like, huh, she's just rolling through this. <laughs> yeah. It's good for you to speak up and, and let them know for sure. What about if a model is considering starting to do erotic work? What type of photographer should she seek out for this? How should she get into this? She should absolutely, like I said before about the blind leading the blind, for um, a model who does nude and wants to get into erotic, she should definitely work with a professional erotic photographer. And anytime a model is building a portfolio or building a genre portfolio they should work either trade or for a lesser amount because you want those photos back so that's on the financial side of it that's on the business side of it but they should work with a professional photographer who has done erotic and who has great references from their model friends someone that can sort of walk them through it you know and someone that's not going to pressure them because a model and any woman has, and any person has any right to change their mind at any moment. And so they need to know that if this is the first time they're shooting erotic, that they have to constantly be, be checking in with themselves, you know, and they can show up to that shoot and they still have to check in with themselves. Am I comfortable doing this? Getting naked and, and opening their legs and having a camera in front of them can be a surreal moment. Am I comfortable doing this? Yes. And the photographer should be willing to move at a slower pace with someone who's never shot erotic. Yeah, I imagine that happens somewhat frequently. Are there, I'm pretty sure I'm okay with this, or I'm okay with doing this with my partner. And then mm -hmm. when you're in front of a camera, you're like, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I imagine like a studio, lights, camera. It's like the internet is forever. Like you really need to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should they tell the photographer this is their first time? Absolutely. Absolutely. They should absolutely tell them this will be my first erotic shoot or I'm interested in shooting erotic. Would you be comfortable shooting me in that way? And like I said, get references from other people first. And uh, so that the photographer knows they're not dealing with a pro, you know, I mean, I, I have photographers who only shoot me erotic and they know I'm going to show up, take my clothes off, lay down bed, whatever. I, I know that he's a booty guy. He loves shooting my butt. I might show up and bend over literally <laughs> and so you know a model that's never shot erotic with this specific photographer is not going to do that <laughs> but i also have dabbled in acting my boyfriend is a professional actor and acting coach so i would say no i can kind of pretend make believe 
any type of character in front of a camera. It's really helpful. I think models these days have to be actors because um, mm -hmm. art photography has taken off in so many directions. Photographers expect you to emote now. It's mm -hmm. not about just having this like celebrity face in the frame. Like you are expected to emote to make a, a photo stand out from another photo. I mean, we are we are drowning in content on social media. So if you want your photo to stand out, you can't just give the same face all the time for these photos. So I think that models have become actors. So if you want a, an exhibitionist to play shy, I think that she should be able to do it if she's a pro. <laughs> so the one thing that does come to mind actually around models getting started is there's when you're talking about clothed and fashion photo shoots, the advice to a new model is usually do TFP with more experienced photographers. Mm -hmm. Does that still hold true for erotic or should they still be expect still expect to be paid for their first shoot? Because as you mentioned, erotic is now you're talking forever. You're talking the internet. Uh, mm -hmm. There's more on the line for it. I would say if I'm just getting into erotic and I'm working with a professional, well-referenced, respected photog erotic photographer, I might shoot trade because I really want those images to build my portfolio. You know, um, I would say at the least uh, a model could just charge her nude rate, even though she's doing erotic for some images, you know, mm -hmm. but if she wants a good amount of retouched images, she should probably just trade for it because you're building a portfolio, you know? Um, and some I've known women who are not models who have paid professional erotic photographers for images that they wanted for themselves or for their significant other. So, mm -hmm. you know, I guess it varies. It depends on what you're doing with these photos and if you need them or if you want them or if they're going to be shared. You know, I think that, and I know models will get mad at me saying this, but a paid shoot does not mean that you are owed images. When you are paid for a photo shoot, those images generally belong to the photographer. Now, photographers, in my experience, have always been very generous and have given me a good amount of retouched photos back, but I will rarely ever ask for any photos because if you're paying me, those are yours. Yeah. <laughs> if I really want them, if I say, oh, this photographer is phenomenal. I love his images. I might barter. I might make a deal with him. Hey, I'll shoot for less money if you give me some images, you know. Um, but mostly I've had photographers give me at least at least a handful of retouched images because they want, especially if they're PG and they want me to put it on my social media or if they're trying to build their own OnlyFans content and they want me to post it on my page. So it does benefit photographers to get their name out there by sharing the images with models who have bigger followings than they do. So that's why I think photographers give me images, but I will, I will not ask if I'm being paid, if I'm being paid more than fair, you know, fairly for that shoot, I won't ask for images. You mentioned photographers putting up images on OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. Is that, is still images on OnlyFans still a large chunk of content that's on there or is it moved to mostly video with the occasional still image? I would say the money is in the video. But if you're a photographer and you have lots of great images of nude models, you know, it doesn't hurt <laughs> to have an OnlyFans page, you know, you might not make anything, but it's a place to put your photos. You might make something. It's better than nothing, you know? 
Uh, speaking of the making money part, I've heard that new, nude and erotic are two of the only modeling genres where you can still make money. Uh, is that something you'd agree with? Yeah. I mean, unless you're a high fashion runway model, you know, walking New York Fashion Week, <laughs> they make the big bucks. But otherwise, uh, non-nude models that I know, they can make decent money, but I would say geez, I would say all of them have a a regular job on the side or a couple of other side jobs, you know, where the erotic models I know and fetish model workers that I know are still able to make a full-time living out of it. Yeah, they're the ones traveling and going Mm -hmm. to fun places like Pennsylvania and Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, What social consequences come from doing erotic work? You kind of mentioned a couple of times the internet's forever and... Mm -hmm. Oh, social consequences. Boy, oh boy. Okay. So I would say a lot of my model friends do not have a supportive family the way that I do. I'm very fortunate in that my family knows I'm naked on the internet and they still love me. (laughs) And then uh, my dating life up until my boyfriend now was a complete shit show, to be honest, for the last, I don't know how many years. I, I did date some people that were super supportive. Um, But I also dated a lot of people who were not. And I dated plenty of people who thought that they could be supportive until things got serious and then they weren't. And it's, you know, it's hard to to have a, a loving relationship with someone who is regularly naked in front of other men, you know? And naked in front of other people and and comfortably so you know it's not like i'm timid hiding in a corner i mean it is not <laughs> rare to see me <laughs> it's not rare to hear my big mouth coming in mega glam and then see me turn a corner butt naked in heels and wave and continue over to my next shoot it's not uncommon to see me grab a slice of pizza completely naked and then run to the dressing room you know so anyone that dates me knows <laughs> that that's who i am and that's who's going out into the world and, you should have, uh, yeah, you should have yeah. listened to the last episode with Anastasia May because she was talking about that, like like model naked models eating like chicken wings and pizza and running totally. across the you, studio. You will see that at Mega Glam, and it's so fun. It's so fun, and it's such a sight. But you know, it's anyone who dates me and knows that like this could be a Tuesday afternoon in my life is like, whoa, 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 this is too much. This is crazy. You can't be a jealous person. You can't be. You have to be extremely secure and. And my relationship now is thriving because I'm, like I said, I'm with a professional actor who is also an acting coach. And so it's not uncommon for him to have uh, relationships on camera or coach, you know, my boyfriend coaches 22 year old hot models in LA on how to emote and do all these things and has to have conversations with them. And, and so there's no jealousy. There can't be, you know, and, and being a nude model, an erotic model or fetish model, a fetish worker you don't always attract those people into your life. You attract, uh, my therapist would say, my biggest problem was that I attracted everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest problem I had in my video was attracting everyone and 99% of people not being compatible at all. <laughs> well, I mean, your job is to be professionally hot. I, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so that's the biggest uh, social downfall for being an erotic model your dating life can be shitty (laughs) i imagine it's the same with a lot of other sex work type Mm -hmm. jobs absolutely (laughs) i've heard this from one person i've interviewed 
Uh, she mentioned that she went to a shoot and apparently they thought that they had hired an escort instead of a model. Uh, is uh, that something that happens quite a bit? It's something that happens. I will, I'll say that I don't think it happens quite a bit, but it does happen. I've heard of this more than a few times. Um, and it's not a mistake on the <laughs> photographer's part. You know, it's very much intentional and it's, it's scary. You know, it's very scary for a model to think that she's working with a professional and for a professional to become very unprofessional. And that's, it's kind of a fear that we have because I'm very pro sex work. I'm very pro sex work of any and every kind, but big on things being consensual. If you want an escort, get an escort. If you want a sugar baby, get a sugar baby. If you want any of those things, I'm sure I know someone that could help you, but you should never ever assume that a model is willing to do anything more than pose. And, uh, and that is, that has been, you know, a problem forever, you know, where men try to make one situation into another. I should say any, any photographer tries to make one situation into another. It's just a, it's that's just a good thing. generalization about men, I think, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's scary. It can be very scary. So uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that that happens. All right. One last question, and then we'll go ahead and close this out. Because uh, this one I'm curious about, having never done erotic work myself. Do most studios allow you to rent the studio for erotic work, or do they prefer to keep it to nude work? Or what have you seen? So a lot of uh, studios that I know from in New York, you know, there's there's a door. <laughs> you know, and so they rent out the space and I've never heard anyone say, hey, you can or cannot do this or that. Now, a lot of these spaces do have a surveillance camera inside. So your model should be aware of that. If there is a camera, it may or may not be recording. I mean, who knows? You know, I want to assume <laughs> it's not, but who knows? But if anything, I think that I, I don't have a problem with studios that have a camera because I think it's safety for everyone all around. Um, but I've never heard of any of the studios, at least in New York, saying, hey, you can't shoot erotic here. I'm pretty sure they know what people are shooting. Um, and I have also, um, I would say the majority of my erotic work has either been at the, the bigger events or hotel rooms, which I am only comfortable going to a hotel room with someone who I already know or can thoroughly reference and have created a, a relationship with that I know they are safe you know, and that they're not going to bamboozle me <laughs> into trying to be an escort. <laughs> yeah, that is something I've heard from a lot of models about the prevalence of hotel rooms as studios. And mm -hmm. I kind of get it. It's fairly easy to rent. It has, you know, kind of a built-in storyline in some ways. Yeah, you know, some people are against shooting in hotel rooms. I actually love shooting in hotel rooms. I am like... I, like I become like almost uh, a kid like because I want to roll around a nice big bed that I don't have to make <laughs> and I want to I will jump from one bed to the other I will <laughs> you will get uh, our break time or our downtime I will be very silly I love having the bathroom mirror and light to, for my makeup and everything I think it's super comfortable to be in a hotel room as opposed to a studio but I understand the fear that some people might have because we associate hotel room with couples or with sex or, yeah. you know, even if you're vacation. And it's like, no, we're here to work. Work to me is, is always fun. I make it fun, but it's, it is an intimate environment. And so 
uh, I like to make sure that whoever I'm working with knows that this is still a professional situation and that it just happens to be more cozy. <laughs> Are there other places you've shot other than studios and uh, hotel rooms? I know I've looked into Airbnbs in the past, but I know most of them have bits where you're not supposed to shoot any commercial work in there. Legal Yes. I have shot at a lot of Airbnbs. I was at a event years ago in Philly where we were kicked out of a Airbnb mansion because there was 10 or more women running around naked and a bunch of photographers and the neighbors complained. <laughs> um, I've never been kicked out of uh, an Airbnb. So there was a first time for that. <laughs> And this woman came in and literally yelled at us and called us hookers. <laughs> what kind of a buzzkill is that? Oh my uh. God. It was a shit show. It was honestly so funny. I'm only <laughs> mad that I left my favorite bikini bottom somewhere in that mm. mansion. But um, other than that, I thought it was a hysterical <laughs> experience. I'm sorry. Now I'm imagining the people coming back and they're like, wow, what happened here? <laughs> There's just totally. Like- there was fishnets. There was like a twister game on the floor. It was, we were like chased out. We were really kicked out. And it was crazy because the host of the event, which I know very well, great guy. And uh, several of the models were staying at the mansion that night. And Ooh. so we were all of a sudden like homeless. <laughs> wow. It was a shit show. It really yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you have to be careful with renting the Airbnbs and you can get away with it. If it's just a photographer and maybe one or two models, um, you can't have a crowd that I learned. (laughs) That's fair. Well, we are about out of time and need to get you out of here on time. So uh, I know you're going to be at mega glam, which will be about a week and a half after this podcast comes out. So that might not be time to get on your schedule, but should people reach out to you anyways, just in case. Absolutely. I almost always have a few slots that are available until that day. So November 11th and 12th, I will be at Mega Glam shooting all genres, including erotic. And whether you're new or pro, you are in good hands with me. (laughs) (laughs) And final question then, where can everyone find you online? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Lee Von Lux. That's L-E-E-V-O-N-L-U-X. As well as my OnlyFans is also Lee Von Lux. And I am pumping out content on there every day. So please come join me, pun intended. And with that, we are done. Check us out at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast.com. On Twitter is at NSFWPhotography. Instagram at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast app.